0: Welcome to today's podcast from Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. We hope this message encourages you and brings light into your life. Well, good morning. It's great to be here with you. Be able to share. My wife had a wonderful time uh, yesterday with you ladies. Came in here afterwards and saw, I mean, this place was quite a quite a setup. It looked like a wonderful time and uh, together, and so that's quite wonderful. And so uh, the uh, John said, "Hey, since your wife is coming, will you come and we'll find something for you to do?" So, uh, so here I am, and so it's a joy to be with you. And of course, uh, John and Lynn, we just—they're awesome people. You probably you know that they're the real deal, and you uh, just love being with them so much. A lot of fun. We we're here. Been, been here a couple of times before, and uh, we stayed in their house before. They didn't want their house. They didn't want us in their house this time, did they? I don't know why. I have to go find out. Why didn't you want us in your house again? But uh, probably something my wife said. <laughs> no, just kidding. But anyway, it's, uh, it's great to be here and share and uh, be a part of it. This morning, if you would, turn with me to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. Now, I'll set the scene before we jump into it here a little bit. Is the children of Israel have now come into the promised land? Moses had led the children of Israel for 40 years, brought them through the Red Sea, and uh, they had been in the wilderness for some 40 years. Uh, they're just going around in unbelief. Uh, God wanted to bring them into this land. And uh, the promised land and to bless their lives. But they were afraid of the battles. They were afraid of so much. And now, though, God let that generation die off. And Joshua has been brought in with them. He'd been with Moses for 40 years. He has now taken over. Moses has died. Joshua is now leading the children of Israel. And now they have come into the promised land. The Lord opened up uh, Jordan for them uh, wonderfully, victoriously. Then they walked through on dry land just like they had walked through the Red Sea. And so now the children of Israel knew that the Lord was with Joshua as he had been with Moses. And they're trusting him to follow him. But at the same time, Joshua, now he is overlooking Jericho, the biggest battle of his life uh, that he's ever come across now to lead it. And, uh, and we'll pick up the story here in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went unto him, and he said unto him, Art thou for us or for adversaries? And he said, Neither, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And he said unto him, What saith my Lord to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose off thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city. All ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six six days. And the seven uh, priests shall bear the ark, uh, uh, and seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that this morning that you would help every one of us. Lord, just to come in and be able to sit down now before you. Lord, we got up, we got ourselves ready, we got to the car, we came in. Here we sit. Lord, perhaps we're not really here yet fully. We're still somewhere else in our heart or mind. I pray that you would help us set all these other things aside and to be able to sit before you and like Joshua said, what saith my Lord to a servant? Lord, there would be something within us that say, I need to hear a word from heaven. Lord, would you speak to us, every one of us? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, here we have Jericho right in front of Joshua, and Joshua, this is the biggest battle uh, of his life, and uh, that he is now having to confront and to deal with. And spiritual warfare is is a part of all of life for everybody, all of us, every human being, and we all have Jericho's in front of us in the sense uh, of it. it may be our home, our marriage, our family, our health, it may be our career, it may be our job. Uh, it may all sorts of things but throughout life there's many cities to be conquered there's many much territory to take and all of them they have that spiritual warfare battle about them how will we take it how do we deal with it how do we continue to grow and you might say take more land that god has promised for us more of his blessings more of his fullness more of his life and continue on in maturity and maturity happens because of trials Paul says, even so we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation works. Works <laughs> patience and patience experience, experience hope, and hope makes not a shame, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. But even the Apostle Paul said, I need trials to grow like everybody. And those difficulties, those trials, those tribulations is where we grow in Christ, where there ends up to be less of us and more of him. And it's, and it's the way life is. It's how spiritual life grows within all of us. Well, here we have Joshua now looking at Jericho as I said, the biggest battle of his life, of his career. But as we look at it, and we kind of stand back and look at the distance a little bit, we realize it's not Jericho that's going on here uh, and, and focusing on it. What's really going on is, is that it's a battle for the heart. That's what's always going on within all of our lives, all of our life. God puts all these superficial things out in front of us, this, this world around us, these different struggles in the world. But behind it, Is the Lord wanting more and more of us? More trust, more growth, more dependence. Whatever it is that we knew of him before, it's not enough in the future. We're always growing. And here the secret of Joshua taking Jericho, and all of us, I believe, of taking whatever our Jericho is that's going on perhaps within our life now, is that it's a a battle for the heart. A battle there for uh, for more of the Lord. Now, Joshua, when we look at him, you don't you know anything about him. He was already a man of great faith. He was already a man of great trust in the Lord. Forty years earlier, Joshua and Caleb were part of 12 men that were sent in to spy out the land, to look at it, to realize what it was. And sure enough, they all come back and said, hey, man, it is a, milk, a land of milk and honey. There are olive years we didn't plant, vineyards we didn't plant, wells we didn't dig. There's houses, you know, that we didn't build. There's all of these wonderful things. It is phenomenal. But there's giants in the land. They're huge. They're warriors. We don't stand a chance. They will destroy us. And 10 of them came back with that evil report. But Joshua and Caleb said, that's true. Everything they said is true. But we also saw the Lord. He'll give us the land. We do. We don't. He's the one that will do it, not us. And, but the children of Israel, they believe the evil report. No, we'll just stay here in the wilderness. We'll just continue. And so they spent 40 years just going around in circles, murmuring, never happy, never full, you know, of anything. Their life always just, you know, dreaming of a world that they never would have the faith to go into. Joshua and Caleb, meantime, there realized God promised them one day you'll go in. You will lead the children of Israel. Now it's there. So we know Joshua uh he's a man we're told he's filled with the spirit filled with wisdom god had already now made his name great with the children of israel as he had Moses' name so there's no question of Joshua's. does he love the lord does he trust the lord but here now he's facing really the battle of his life that no doubt he had contemplated who knows how many times for the last 40 years over and over again, realizing there's Jericho, there's the battle, there's the thing. How are we going to do it? What it is? Well, now it's actually there. <laughs> something there. So it didn't just crop up out of nowhere. It just didn't come up. No, this was something he had been thinking about. But as this is happening, things have changed. And on one hand, you know, I mean, they, they, uh, and that is essentially all the time for the last 40 years, the weight of everything, you might say, of the people had been on Moses' shoulders. Joshua was a servant to Moses, we're told. He was his right-hand man. He had been around and no doubt a great encouragement, but the weight of it fell on Moses. Moses was the one responsible for the decision. Moses was the one that had led them through. But now Moses is gone, and now all of the people, the weight of their life is on Joshua's shoulders. Their homes, their marriages, their families. He is now the lead to lead them into either victory or disaster. And the weight of it is now, you know, upon him. And the task hadn't changed, but the perspective had. And, you know, on one hand, I, here in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll be celebrating our 52nd anniversary. And uh, as we, get you know, I, but I still remember getting married very, very well. And uh, and uh, the year we got married, it was like 12 weddings. Bunch of my friends and family. And the end of the year, I'd been in so many weddings, I didn't, I was bored with them. I mean, the idea of another wedding. Frankly, I mean, all that you go get the tux, you got the rehearsals, got all this other stuff. Been up and down the whole line of, you know, groomsmen and best man. And I just, uh, you know, when, when Gene's planning the wedding, I don't care. Just do whatever you want. I didn't care about anything. I wanted one. I wanted chocolate cake. I don't know why, I was, uh, back in the 60s, wedding cakes were terrible. They were like cardboard. I think they made them in the 40s and just froze them or something. They were really, some of you maybe remember that if you're, now they're really pretty good. But back then, it was, and I I want, you can't do chocolate cake. Yes, we can. I want chocolate cake, okay, and the woman. I want chocolate cake and the woman. That's it. The rest of it, you do what you want to. And so that's, but, so the wedding, now mine happened. And you know I'd been up and down that line a whole bunch of times a year, kind of almost bored with the whole thing. If the pastor didn't show up, that's okay. I know the lines; I'll do it for him, you know, or whatever. Almost I was at. Well, I'll tell you, when it's your wedding, I only moved over like two feet from where I had been a number of times. But there's something about that last two feet that changes your entire perspective on your human existence. Something has happened, you know. I mean, you watched others walk the plank and said, hey, buddy, you're going to be fine. You know, <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be married. You know, <laughs> you're going to have a woman settle down, raise a few head, go for it, you know, or whatever. Well, now, it's mine. And I remember standing there. The night before, the couple nights before, I watched Gene, you know, you give the credit cards back to Dad, and you wait, 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 wait. you know. You know, I mean, all this stuff is being, you know, and you know, it, and I'm realizing I'm going to be responsible for this now. This is, I mean, she eats three times a day. She needs food and clothing and shelter and doctors and dentists and all this other stuff. And and here, you know, we're both seniors in college finishing up our senior year. And I'm thinking, man, and, and it hits me. And I, my, all of a sudden it was on me. And my, it, it, the perspective, I can remember the doors open in the back and the music happening, and she starts walking down, I start tearing up. I'm sitting there, you know, and, and her dad is walking her down. He's teared up. You know, he's there, you know, I don't know why I'm walking my daughter down to you, buddy, but you know, or whatever, and here, but the the, the nervousness of it, the pressure of it, and uh, and here, but but realizing that here, Joshua, it's all on him now. Now those lives, those people. And, uh, and that's the way it really is for all of us. It isn't that anything else had changed other than perspective. And that's constantly happening within all of us. Moses, you know, Joshua was so easy to encourage Moses. Stand at his side. I'm with you. I'm for you. What do you want? But now it's shifted over to him. And that's very common. It happens to all of us repeatedly in our lives. I mean, it's, it's simple, but God is always adding more complications to it, more issues to it. And here, you know, as, as the issues grow, uh, you know, they're within life. So also must our life, our walk, our faith, our trust. And sometimes when the issues grow within our life, the Lord can kind of get shoved aside. And, uh, you know, the, and here kind of the point is very simple. And, and it's kind of Joshua, it's time for you to grow more to trust more and things that you have parroted for 40 years you have said yes i agree with moses i am in all the way you subscribe to it all you said your yeas and amens for it and and joshua had been a great warrior he had been, he had done well with things. Uh, Exodus 17 tells us, and when uh, it says, Then came Amalek, one of their enemies. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and refinned him. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose out men. And you, tomorrow you will go out and fight with Amalek. Aaron and her and I, we will go up on the mountain of God with the rod of God within my hand. And here, sure enough, the next day they go out and fight. It tells us there, Moses, when he held the rod of God high, Israel prevailed. But if the rod was down, Amalek prevailed. In other words, no matter how well Joshua dispatched the forces, if the rod was down, you're losing. But if you tripped over each other and the rod was up and he realized even when he was doing his thing, Moses still held the greater weight. He was still somehow or another his presence, but now Moses is gone. And now here is something there where what was so simple before kind of and what was enough of God isn't enough anymore. The burdens grew. But the power and the presence and the reality of God had to grow with it. Joshua, when he was just spying out the land and going in, doing it, but now, you know, when it was just yourself. Remember how life was so simple when it was just yourself. But then you had a wife. You had a husband. You had a few children. You had some business partners or whatever else. You got some employees. You got a mortgage going on. And now you've got all these people. You're leading them, you know, somewhere somewhere. And the pressure multiplies. That's how life is. I remember life, I mean, very well growing up. You know, and, and I in and the West Coast, like people surf here, we surf there. I would never like your pastor as a surfer, but I, I got wet and had a board. and Fell off it most of the time. But at any rate, I did a lot of surfing. Somebody would call you up. Hey, the surf's up. You want to go? Yeah. A few minutes later, I mean, you're packed up. Got your board. Off you go. And it's so simple. Then you get married. Somebody, hey, surf's up. You want to go? Yeah. When? Well, now. You, you mean like right now? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? I've got requisition forms I've got to fill out. I've got permission slips I've got to fill out. I've got to see if I can get time off. See if she'll let me have the car. Who'll take the kids? Give me two weeks. You know, I, I, can't, I can't just run off any longer. That's life. Everything else continues. It gets more complicated. Gone it goes. When you're young, you've got the simple prayers, the simple things. But as you grow, everything you are and you believe, it has greater scrutiny about it. A little child, you know, you learn the prayer, now I lay me down to sleep, and this I pray my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, this I pray my soul to take. It's such a precious thing. And we kind of start off that way, and it works, It's sufficient. But then you add a wife or a husband and children and a job or a loss of job. Upside down the economy, they're, they're not going to open up your business again. Or, and you know, you throw in a pandemic and a slug of other things, and now the prayer changes. That old prayer I won't work any longer. Now it's just it gets shorter. Now I lay me down to sleep. This I pray my soul to take. Now. I'm ready. I can't handle this. I mean, that's what happens in our lives that's what 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 goes on and here's something is so easy where the, the 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 problems can outweigh the presence of the lord what was you knew of him in the past doesn't seem enough and somehow or another this seems to be happening with with joshua somebody that had been his power and his companion and his friend now all of a sudden there's the lord right there a sword drawn in his hand is he a solution he's a pro no he's a problem he's startled Rather than, hey, I've been waiting for you, to, you know, to come and lead us and do it. No, he's not looking. He's not waiting. He's not thinking about him. He's startled. He kind of jumps back. Are thou for us or for our adversaries? Or he's worried under the pressure. He's distracted. Are you here to help? You know, have you ever noticed when we're under stress? Everybody's either there to help or to hurt. Are you for me or against me? Whose side do you want? And if you're not here to help, just get out of the way. Leave me alone. I can't, I can't handle something else. And here, you know, I mean, we know, obviously, it's the Lord. It's the pre-incarnate appearance of Christ as there as he's standing. <laughs> sword drawn in his hand, ready to go, ready to take the land, ready to do exactly what he'd been preparing and speaking about. But now Joshua, somehow or another, he gets distracted. And here, I love the Lord's answer. Is he art thou for us or for adversary? I can just see him there with his sword, ready to go to battle. With a smile on his face, but he says to him, am I for you or against you? Well, neither. But as captain of the host of the Lord, am I not come. I just happen to be commander-in-chief of all the armed forces of heaven and earth. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm doing here. The issue isn't am I for you or against you, Joshua. The issue is, are, are you with me? Are you with me? This is my battle. This is my territory. This is my blessing for all of these people. This is what I want to deliver, what I want to give. This is me, not you. And and, uh, what are you doing with all this weight on your shoulders? What are you all distracted by? You know, hear something there to realize the answer is right here. It's right here with me. This is what it's all about. I've been preparing you for years. And fortunately, Joshua, he's humbled by it, no doubt. And, uh, but then he, he learns the lesson that is the fundamental lesson we all need for all of our Jerichos, for all of this that is going on, you know, I mean, because as I, as I said, what is really going on in all of our life, it's always a battle for the heart. God is always, what, what is happening all the way through our life, it's our marriage, it's our family, it's our children, it's our job, no, that's just the Jericho in front of you today, what they're all about. Is the heart. God is looking there with each one of them. They're just his opportunity. You say, no, it's here. It's, it's, it's your heart. And here he says, Take off your shoe, Joshua. The place whereon thou stand is his holy ground. And here is he immediately, he's humbled, but he goes, Oh, what did I do? I know better than this. His face goes down to the dust, and here he realizes the one that is, this process he's in, if he learns it, it's going to be the solution for all the rest of his life, all the battles, all the cities, all the issues, the success or the failure of his life and of his battles and his trials. Joshua, you're going to determine how you're going to win or lose them right here, right now. Worship me. Bow down before me. Take your shoe off your foot. and Surrender something to me. That's what I want. That's what we're here for. And here, you know, Joshua finds himself. He'd always been a worshiper. He'd always, this was nothing new. It's just a greater sense of it. That's how life always is for us. And But was enough of God in the past is no longer enough. That's how growth happens. That's how it all occurs, you know. Sometimes you'll meet these people, these these old dear saints, that they just reflect the Lord. You just see them, and they just smile, and they realize they're, a, they're they've arrived. They're there. There's there's such a godliness just flowing out of their face, and you just look at it. But you, but they get they, that happen the same way as everybody else. They just one day wake up and say, "Oh, I want a smile on my face." You know, I'm going to turn lemons into lemonade. No. There is somebody there that has had a lot of Jerichos, a lot of battles. And it was fought out at their home and with their children and with their finances and with their health and fought out one after another after another. And Jesus became the victor one after another. They bowed down more and more. You know, as, as a little by little, like John the Baptist, he must increase. I must decrease. And that's what's happening within all of us. That's what it's all about. He's learning there. Oh, Joshua, you love the Lord. There's no question of your love, your worship, your adoration. It's just more. More of me and less of you. That's what I want. And that's what it's always, always all about. You know, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and I love the amplified translation. Paul says, all we with an unveiled face continuing to behold we reflect like mirrors and are changed from glory to glory as by the spirit of the lord paul says the whole issue of the christian life beginning to be able to behold and look at the lord with an open face straight into his face to look at him all we with an unveiled face continuing to behold with all the distractions all of the things that would take our eyes off him no we continue to behold and then we reflect like mirrors the glory of the Lord, and are changed from glory to glory to glory to glory, all by the Spirit of the Lord. That's maturity. A new battle, a new city, a new struggle, one after another, but each time the city goes away, the battle ends, you don't remember most of them, but something has happened of a greater life in Christ through the process. Worship has happened. And one of the things in the Bible that's very clear, you want to look at biblical worship. I One of the great Examples of it to me is God came to Moses, or Abraham, after 50 years of walking with him. And he would had all the struggles everybody does. He was as human as anybody. But he had continued to grow and grow and trust and trust. But after 50 years of walking with the Lord, he came to him and he asked him this incredible thing. said, Moses? Yes? Want to ask you something? Yes, what is it? I want you to take now thy son. Thine only son. Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him on on Moriah, at Moriah, on a place that I will show thee the place thereof. And here God comes. He says, I want you to give me something greater than I've ever asked of you before, your son. And here the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that Moses, his faith by this time, he realized you want something. I will do what you want. But it also says that God was able to raise him from the dead. This was before resurrection was even known. But he realized, I will do what it is you want me to do. I will worship you and offer up to you my son, if that's what it is. You see, here, but as they're on the way to worship and they're going up Moriah, Isaac turns to his father. You can imagine what Abraham's experiencing. He says, Father, and he says, Yes, my son. He said, We have the fire and we have the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide himself one. Well, they get there, and he didn't have to offer him, as you know. There's a ram. there, stuck in the thicket, and he goes, and God shows him there. But he says, now I know, Abraham, how you reverence me. You were willing to lay out everything before me. And here is, and he said, I want you to know, you, you know it too now. Look how you've grown. Look what's happened. But here, one of the things that they all knew in the Old Testament, if you, if you can have fire and you can have wood, but if there's no sacrifice, there's no worship. Isaac said, we have the fire and we have the wood. How many times, you know, we come, sometimes you have a great worship service at church. Band is playing, everybody's singing, it's a wonderful tune. We're all caught up in it. It just touches our heart. We maybe lift our hands, tilt our head a little, maybe even close our eyes. So we sing something to the Lord. But I wonder how many times the Lord, well, I see the fire and I see the wood. no sacrifice here. You see, in real worship, something had to die. The word altar in Hebrew, it simply means slaughter place. They would build an altar, maybe sometimes just some stones stacked up and worship God. But something died, something was surrendered, something was sacrificed. That's what worship is. I wonder how many times the Lord says, well, I see the fire, the wood, oh, nice job. Great service. Nothing died. Nothing if you came and said, God, I need to offer this to you. This area of my life, it needs to die. My pride or my arrogance or my something. It's got to go. I don't know how to deal with it. It's got to die. All I can do is just offer it up to you. And how many times I think the Lord, you know, he just looks at us and "Well, take off your shoe. Place around us to stand his soul. And here, as, a, as Joshua does that, and then, you know, what sayest thou, my Lord, to a servant? He asked him, all right, you've got it. Now, what do you want? And then he, in chapter 6, verse 3, he follows up. I'll tell you what I want. It says, and ye shall compass the city... He had already turned to Jericho and he pointed it out. He stretched out his hand and he says, see there, Jericho. He says, that have I given unto thee this day. And the king thereof and the mighty men of Valor, he said, Jericho is in your strategy. It's not going to be your brilliance. It's not going to be your strength. It's a gift. For me, I'm going to give this to you. Not to fight for it. You, This is the fight. Surrender. You win that battle. I'll give you the victory. But now he says, but in order to actually embrace and have the victory in your life. Worship isn't enough, I want obedience. He tells him in chapter six, verse three, "'And ye shall compass the city, and ye men of war.'" go around the city once thus shalt thou do six days and the priest shall bear the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priest shall blow with the trumpets and it shall come to pass that when they uh, make a long blast with a ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet all of the people shall shout with a great shout the walls of the city shall fall down and the people shall ascend every man straight before him seven times The Lord, very specific. It wasn't just, oh, well, it's all yours. Go pick it up. No. Seven times. Ye shall. 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 Very specific. I have something I want you to do. I want you to respond. And here's something I want you to, to, to follow it. How many times have all of us been to church or been in the Word or we pray and the Lord will tell us something. I want you to do something. I want you to do something. You know, I want you to tell somebody something. I want you to do this. I want you to obey me. In fact, just for the fun of it, let me ask you to do something. This is not for anybody else's sake. Just between you and me, I just want you to say two words. And, just, you know, and the words are simply, I'm sorry. On three. One, two, three. I'm sorry. Very good. Awesome. But you weren't saying it to anybody, so it's quite easy. But I wonder maybe if the possibility that one of the things, the Lord, you're sitting here in church, the Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord may want you to turn to your husband, turn to your wife on the way home. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't know what it may be. Maybe not. Maybe your child. Maybe somebody else. Maybe somebody, would you forgive me? I should not have said or done something. That's so often. God looks at you and says, don't just sit there and work. I want you to do something. And that's not, I don't care. It's none of my business. This is between you and the Lord. But I can't comprehend and even think of a Christian today coming before God and saying there, you know, it says, what sayest thou, my Lord, to the servant? And the Lord say, nothing. You're right on target. You're awesome. Can't think of a thing I would have to say to you. I don't think so. None of us have arrived. Every one of us. Something there that actually, we don't know it, but it's the key to the city. It's the key to hope and joy and peace. It's a, it's a key to a greater relationship, a greater home, to greater excitement and rest. These things that hold us back, that somehow, and I just can't do that. You know, and, and it keeps us away. It keeps a whole generation, 40 years, in the wilderness going around murmuring against God murmuring against man wherefore if you brought us and our cattle out here to die of thirst I mean they're miserable unhappy people but the key to having their life changed is obedience here when they came into the land Joshua too tells us the story on how that Moses I mean they, they, they the spies they they, they were sent in and the spies went to uh, check out Jericho they find out they're there. They, A woman, a harlot named Rahab, hides them and she asks them, she says, you know, when you came out, all of us heard here, when God opened up the Red Sea for you and he destroyed the kings of the Amorites, Shihon and Og, neither did there remain any spirit within any of us. All of us, our hearts did faint within us. We knew you were coming to destroy us and to take our city and to take everything. Where have you been? What's so wonderful about the wilderness? How many times I think the Lord would look at us and say, I've got so much for you. Where you been? And when somebody there learns that, they find it there, and we can look there and realize that from God's perspective, to obey is better than sacrifice. It's the great key to it all. And the Lord here, now he tells him, here's the obedience I want. I want you to take the men of war. Joshua, here's how you're going to take that city and have a victory like you can't believe. Take the men of war, all of your men of war. I want them then to take, you're going to take the priest and the Ark of the Covenant, was the symbol of God's presence, and they are going to march around the city of Jericho. Seven days. And it says in chapter 6, verse 10, they will not shout, there will be no noise, and not a word will come out of their mouth. Could you imagine that? Joshua coming to, okay, we're going to go take Jericho. Awesome. How are we going to get it? Well, we're going to march around with the Ark of the Covenant and the priests and keep our eyes on them, and we're going to march right around this wall to the city. Here there's this, this city so impregnable at the time, one of the great cities and powerful cities of the world. They say chariots could go around the top of it. These were warriors. This was how we're going to take this. And now we're supposed to march right around the wall? He can throw anything down on us. They can shoot arrows, throw spears. We're sitting ducks. We're dead. God said that's what he wants us to do. That's what we're going to do. Sometimes what God wants us to do is as frightful as that. You can imagine how their hearts were beating. And they said, and you'll be quiet. You won't open your mouth. Not a word will come out of your mouth. Not a, don't utter a word. Can you imagine? They wanted to God, wait. Shh. Shh. Can you imagine their heart going around? We'll never make it. We're going to be dead. They're going to kill us all. The end of the day, how many died? Nobody. 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 We're going to do it again tomorrow. No, this was good. No, we're going to do it again. They go around again the second day. Wait, but now they know we're coming. Now they're ready for us. Now they can expect us. Now now we're really know No. How many died? Nobody. Do it again. I can't. No, we got it. No. No, you do it again. And again. And again. You keep your mouth. a word. Could you imagine how hard that was? And here as they find themselves going around being absolutely silent there, you know, and just simply keeping your eyes on the Lord. I mean, right now there with all the things around us in this pandemic and the political thing and our jobs and the finances, I mean, we're so easily distracted by all of this stuff and all the pressures. And so often the Lord says, be quiet. I want you to come before me, and I want you to walk around, and I want you to keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, my presence and the priest, my presence in there, and and I'll give you the victory. You don't have to fight for it. And yeah, I want you to march around. I want you to do it. I'll give you the victory. I will give it to you. And here, you know, being able to do that, you know, on one hand, we're all sinners. Hopefully, we're all one of the reasons we're here. We're a sinner. We know I'm a sinner. We need to grow. Do you know you're a sinner? I, I, I'm a sinner. Raise your hand if you're I'm a sinner. Well, a lot of you. Some of you are perfect. That's awesome. But at any rate, the maybe some of you say, not only, I'm a big sinner. I would That's uh, me too. I'm a big sinner. Not quite as many hands. You're not as sure. But at any rate, let me ask you one question. How many? So we're sinners and we're big sinners. Now, may I ask you no answer for this? just in your own heart, can you name one sin, just one? One sin within your life, there that you feel like the Lord says, I want to talk to you about this today. I want you to confess this. I want to me. I want to help you with it. It may be, you know, your anger, your frustration, your impatience, your nastiness. Maybe you're bitter. You know, maybe you're getting old and you don't like getting old. You know, things aren't working like they used to work. you don't see you know, it's funny I, I I've got all sorts of stuff. It started in nineteen ninety six with me I had a stroke, lost the functional vision of my right eye. not long after that, I had a lung removed long story with that one, and then not long after that, I had an uh uh a hip replaced. then after that, they had to replace the other hip last year, I had both knees replaced and then you know I, then just a few months ago i had my right shoulder replaced. they got to do the left the elbows. Everything's gone, arthritis everywhere, you know, with me. And, uh, you know, with it, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a, I'm a first-class mess. Fortunately, I still look awesome, but the rest of it, you know, I mean, but, with it. But, but the thing is, when, with our life, either you can be angry and look at it, and I'm, and I'm frustrated. Or you can say, Lord, this is, you're greater than anything, than all things. Every way you know, and all of my life to be able to let him have the triumph and the victory and the joy within our life. It's funny, every morning when I get up, it's a job. My wife sits there and she watches wants me there. Victory for me is if I can get to the kitchen and get a cup of coffee and I'm upright. By the time I get there, it's going to be a good day. But she watches me get up and she said, we call each other Bear. She said, you can do it, Bear. Come on, you can do it. And we laugh. So we watched me hobble off. But when he said, either you can be angry, bitter, I don't like this, or you can say, Lord, you're greater than all of this. I had a, when I had a job when I first got saved, and uh, it, it a junior in college, and I drove a truck part-time for United Partial Service, and there was a fellow named Harold who worked there, wonderful, wonderful Christian man, and he had a terribly, terribly deformed child. And the child was going to be with them all of their life, and and, uh, you know, paying for it and keeping up with all this. And his wife had a car that, you know, at you know, home for her. But they weren't, couldn't afford things. And he had this old Studebaker. The starter didn't work on the thing well. And so he lived on a hill, and he would, every morning, he'd let the brake off, you know, the, and, and roll down, pop the clutch, and start it up, come to work in that thing. And then when he would leave every day, because it was on Flatland where we were, guys would go out, Push his car, get going for him, you know, and then he'd pop the clutch and go home. But he was always, no matter what, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Thank you guys. He was just an un- incredible joy. And, you know, within his life. I, when, and I remember one day, I'm there in the locker room putting on my uniform, and I'm upset about something. I kind of slam the locker door, and I, I turn around. There's Harold standing right there, big smile I look at him, I said, oh, Harold, I said, you must wonder if I'm even a Christian. He said, oh, no, 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 Don, you're a Christian. We're both going to the same place. He says, you and I were on the same plane, going to the same place. The only difference, Don, I'm going first class. You're going economy. <laughs> and, uh, and he was so true. There was no debate about that. And I realized there what he had, that victory in life. We want to have victory because we don't have any battles and it's all solved. But the victory there, you know, and, and today as I kind of close. You know, may the, whatever it is, God, just be quiet. Give it to me. Maybe your marriage, your your finances, your this and that, don't do it. Just I want you to walk around. I want you to pray. May change. Maybe not. Get up tomorrow. March around it again. Keep your mouth shut. Pray. Trust me. May not change. Do it again. And do it again. And do it again. And march around it again. And keep marching around, keep praying, keep shouting. Because the thing that happens, whether or not that changes or if and when that changes, one day you realize the real thing is you changed. The real thing that happened is that something happened within you where a rest and a power and a peace and a joy that was not dependent upon anything out there. It was dependent upon him in your life. And today, as we close, maybe some of you just need to say, Jesus, I've got to give something to you, and it will cost me something. Something of my heart must die. My frustration, my impatience, my anger, my covetousness, just whatever it is. Jesus, I want it to die. And I want you. I want less of me and more of you. That's why I should be here. And I'm here for that. I want you to help me. And if I've got to get up tomorrow morning and march around it again, in my heart, I'll do it again. and I'll do it again. and I'll do it again as you change me. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us again as we dive into the scripture going verse by verse here at Coastline Calvary Chapel.